Welcome to Talking Sense. I'm Teresa Arago. If there's one thing I know, it's that the journey to financial independence can be confusing, but it doesn't have to be. So get ready, because I'm breaking down what you don't know about money to help you find the next steps on your journey, today on Talking Sense. There's something that feels inherently wrong about planning for loss, and I get it. You don't ever want to think about losing a loved one. It feels easier to push those thoughts away until you have no other choice. But ultimately, this is a topic that we should discuss. Think about it. Would your loved one rather you be overwhelmed with how to deal with the inheritance you receive while also trying to grieve? Or would it be better for you to have a plan in place that allows them space to grieve without having to make all of those decisions on the fly? Um, so that's what we're going to be talking about. We want them to be able to grieve, focus on what matters and just heal. So it's no secret that we're big advocates for life insurance because we know from personal experience the impact it can have on your loved ones. But if you are the loved one, the beneficiary, how do you know what to do with those funds? So that's what we're going to talk about today. And I've got Chad Roller here with me today. He's my partner out in Conway and uh, he has a extensive background with life insurance as well. So we're going to talk through that inheritance and what you can do so that you can be prepared when you inevitably have to deal with this. Yeah, Teresa, you know, something that's as an advisor, we kind of got to take the good with the bad, right? Mm-hmm. So we've found that um, this is this is one of those times as an advisor that you really have to kind of slow down to go fast. Yes. We've talked about that before. In the military, but, we called it hurry up and wait. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> hurry up and wait. And I think just right out the gate, I think that's our biggest piece of advice as advisors is to make sure that uh, you're slowing down now in order to go fast later. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've done some training with with the grieving and not only done some training, but both experienced it personally, right? Yes. But, uh, but yeah, starting in back in, I guess, in 2006, when mm-hmm. I got into the industry, it was in the life insurance business, going through the life insurance training and and all the things about learning about the different products and everything, it still doesn't really prepare you for what to do when you're helping someone deliver a death claim. Yes, because we're typically focused on making sure there's enough coverage, but there's a whole big piece to it once you're having to actually deliver that check. Yeah. And we found as advisors also making emotional decisions about money does not always work out. Yes. So I think that's the biggest thing is to slow down and basically assess kind of kind of where you're at and and not get in a huge hurry when dealing with both the loss of a loved one as well as just trying to get everything organized. Yes. And so what a lot of people don't realize is that we can help our clients with this. We've done it before. And you want to make sure you complete your claims efficiently. So you want to get all the paperwork done, get it done right quickly. But that doesn't mean you have to make decisions on what to do with those funds quickly. So get those forms done, pay critical final expenses, but then just pause. Take a minute to grieve because if you don't, like me, it'll come back on you hard in the future. Yeah, and there's going to be things coming from every different direction. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things. I don't think there's a set rule book or, or play that you're going to run, and it's going to be different for everyone, but there's going to be a lot of things coming out of the woodwork that you're not going to be expecting. Mm-hmm. So that again, I think that's the time to really sit down with an advisor uh, number one thing that we always try to tell everyone is to get enough death certificates. Yes. That is the that is one of the things that, uh, although maybe the funeral home or, or another advisor will, will help you out with the number that you need, but 
if uh, if you think you need six, go ahead and get 10, yeah. 12. Yeah. That was yes. one thing that shocked me when I lost my mom was how many people required an original death certificate, which is just it, to me crazy, but they're all going to want it. So might as well just plan ahead and have them. So, you know, first thing we'd say is just pause, get what you've got to get done and then pause to grieve. We'd also encourage you to do a comprehensive analysis of your needs because those likely have changed, if, especially in the situation where you've lost a spouse, the income's going to change, the bills are probably going to adjust a little bit. So taking some time with your financial advisor to just pause and look at things helps. Yeah. And so that timeline, a lot of times that we are, are working through these with widows is about a year mm-hmm. because that year gives you a time for the first of a yes. lot of things. First time to experience that anniversary, birthday, holiday, those type of things. Mm-hmm. So right then, whenever you're creating that timeline, really at a minimum, look at utilizing a year from the date of death in order to try to plan out kind of before you're going to make any major, major decisions. Yes. And I think one of the things people tend to overlook would be the estate plan. You know, if you had an estate plan that was established with a husband and wife, for instance, and one of you is no longer here, it may be fine as is. It may still go as you guys had wanted. But if there's something that needs to be updated, maybe a new trustee added or something like that, it would be good to have a review of that. Yes, because now now your beneficiaries may be a little bit different. Um, and that, that leads into your retirement planning. Mm-hmm. So going in and, and figuring out where those accounts are. And then also, if you have a spouse that passes away, the income's going to change. Yes. So, you know, with Social Security, mm-hmm. you're not going to have two checks anymore, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to have you're going to have just that higher check. So there may be some pensions to deal with, um, but all those retirement planning type type situations that that's what we really sit down with and just kind of evaluate first off. If you've got somebody that's saying you need to make changes and adjustments to these investments within the first, you know, mm-hmm. six months to 30 days to six months, that's the good that's time. That's a big to, warning sign. Yeah, that's a good time to grow, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good, I need to exit and, at this and point. And sadly, we've seen that. We yes. had someone recently come in and they were advised to buy a bunch of A-share mutual funds, which for those that don't know, A-share mutual funds have an upfront cost. And it may have been in their best interest based on what that advisor knew, but would it have been in their best interest if they had hesitated to think through all the steps? We don't know. So definitely important to look at that. The retirement accounts are big, but the house is big too. Yes. You know, we've seen that over and over as to what are they going to do with the house? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, and sometimes you've got a spouse that maybe handle all the finances mm-hmm. and a spouse that never touched anything, right? Mm-hmm. Because the, the spouse handled everything. Uh, the house comes into play. Do I keep it? Do I sell it? Do I want to yep. move? And so, again, I think taking that year to really evaluate uh, over the next, you know, that year time period before you just go off and maybe put something up for sale that you might regret later. Yes. And in the case of life insurance, it may be, you know, big or small, but assigning some purpose to those before you get them is really beneficial for that grieving process too. So, um, and life insurance is usually going to be after tax dollars. So there are special planning needs that need to be considered with that when you're talking with your computer, with your advisor. And the next thing you need to do is implement the plan. So you've taken time to meet with your advisor. You guys have talked through your needs, but you've got to start taking steps towards implementing it after that point. So you got to pay off debt. If, if that's one of your goals, figure out the income, how you're going to replace what's not there any longer 
got to set aside assets to care for children if that's part of the equation and then think through your legacy. Yeah. And there's a lot of to this. And mm-hmm. the the issue that we see is that you've got a grieving spouse. And like we said earlier, making these decisions on, you know, with a lot of emotions. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's why working with an advisor, the right advisor, that's not really pushing you to make a lot of decisions, but really walking through why you're going to do what you're going to do. That life insurance is there, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe you, maybe your instinct is to pay up, pay the house off. Mm-hmm. That may or may not be the exact thing you need to do. So working through the overall plan will help you determine whether or not the life insurance proceeds need to use be used for the to pay off the house. So some of those things are. I know we've had those conversations, those mm-hmm. experiences um, in working with you know whether it be a widow or uh, someone that's uh, even lost. Um, you know, just a best friend. Yes, I think we've had both situations just in the last year now that I'm thinking through it, Chad. We had one situation where they had life insurance proceeds and it made sense to pay off some debt. And then we had another one where taking those proceeds and investing them actually was better than paying off the debt because of the different circumstances. Because I think that's one thing that when you're in this situation, or at least this was my experience, everything feels like it's a right and wrong. There's no middle ground. Everything feels so black and white. And I think it helps to have someone step, help you step out of that emotion and take a break from it and go, okay, here are the different options you have. Here are the benefits of each option that you have. And let's talk through that. And then here are the costs also, because, you know, in the case where it didn't make sense, all the money was pre-tax. So taking a large distribution from pre-tax money has very large tax implications. And so in their case, absolutely, we did not encourage them to pay off the house. Whereas the other person, it was life insurance proceeds. They had every other thing in place. The income was protected, all of that. Um, So we were able to keep them from making that knee jerk. I've got to pay off the house reaction and really getting rid of all the assets they would have had to produce income. Right. And so on top of that spouse, the dealing with the 401k. So we've kind of mm-hmm. talked about the life insurance, but also those pre-tax dollars. Do I take it as a beneficiary IRA or do I take it on as my own IRA? So, you know, you can kind of speak to that about the difference between 59 and a half and, and kind of the age there. Yes. I think when, when you're making those decisions, it has to do with the age of the spouse. So as the surviving spouse, you really have two options and, and spouses have a unique opportunity. And we'll talk about non-spouses here in a second too. But for spouses, they have the unique opportunity to either take it over or turn it into a beneficiary account. If you're under age 59 and a half and you know you're going to need those funds, then taking it as the beneficiary makes a ton of sense because you can access those funds without a penalty when they're sitting inside of a beneficiary IRA. So we've had a few clients that there was a large age gap wife or husband, whoever was left behind, was under that 59 and a half mark, but we were going to need the funds doing the beneficiary IRA made sense. Now, if they're not, or if there's not a big age gap, often we're going to encourage them to take it over as their own because then it allows them to really just own it and simplifies things for them long-term. I do have one other where the, the husband was the survivor and he was older than his wife, not by a ton, but he wasn't going to need the money. So we did the beneficiary option because at that point, the laws allowed him to delay taking an RMD laws have changed so it's not the same now um so that's that's kind of the two ways that you can go as a spouse with pre-tax but as a non-spouse whole different ballgame it's it's a 10-year rule 
And the IRS has been super great at giving us uh, leadership on that, I say with all sarcasm, um, because they were saying you have to take an RMD and then they were saying, no, you don't. You just have to expose all of it to tax within 10 years. And then they said, oh, no, well, you do have to take it. No, you don't. <laughs> like We keep getting this back and forth. So it's been a bit of a mess. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, and there'll be some more guidance come mm-hmm. come along with that. But but just know that as a spouse, you know, the way you take over those 401k assets, those IRA assets can be can be important. Yes. So before you make just a just a irrational decision and say, hey, this is this is what I'm going to do and this is why I'm going to do it. Know why you're going to do it mm-hmm. and what the effects of, you know, taking those taxes and taking that count as a beneficiary or as your own individual IRA so we've kind of talked about life insurance. We've talked about 401k assets. I think Social Security, we just briefly touched on that. Mm-hmm. But something about taking that benefit, that widow's benefit, uh, or that spousal benefit prior to your benefit, we've seen that be effective as well. Yes, and this applies more to um, our retiree almost aged ones because if you are 60 and you are married and you lose your spouse – you do have an option of using a spousal survivor's benefit if it makes sense. It doesn't affect your personal benefit, so your personal benefit can still grow. But if you're below that, that's why insurance, life insurance is so important. So if you are less than 60 years old, especially if your children are about to graduate, you're going to have a blackout period where you get zero help from the government on your income. And I think that area is even more important than that spousal benefit to talk about because I think it blindsides people. You know, currently, if something were to happen to my husband or in your case, the Social Security Administration would give us a survivor's benefit for the children while we're caring for them until they graduate high school or turn 18. From that point forward, though, there's nothing until we hit age 60. So that's why life insurance is so important to fill that gap. It is. So there's a lot to unwrap. And I think probably many people listening are going, I have no clue what I've heard. This just feels like a lot of information. How in the world does this apply to you? Well, that's why getting help makes sense. It doesn't cost you anything to meet with a gym health advisor and just talk through your options if you're going through this. We've both been through loss. We both know how frustrating it is. And we have a heart to just give people some help. So please don't go this alone. And I think that's the biggest thing that we're going to going to tell our clients is that we're going to slow down to go fast yes and really make decisions and and have a purpose and and walk through those before we just start making just uh switching accounts and making investments mm-hmm. so it's time for our two cents chatham i'll let you go first and then i'll wrap us up you know don't be overwhelmed get mm-hmm. some help i think we all need help whether it be through the grieving process and working through so so don't be embarrassed or hesitant to get reach out and get help. I think there's there's a lot of help out there that one can basically benefit from. Yes, I'd always use the phrase, you know, I don't feel bad going to get my car checked if it's making weird noises. I don't feel like I've let my car down. If you ask for help, that's not saying that you are helpless. You just are looking for some guidance. Um, it, having an understanding of where you are currently and what goals you have for the future will help you through this conversation. So as you think through, you know, this inheritance idea and what you would want for your heirs, and if you're coming into some money through an inheritance, what you want to do with those funds, again, we encourage you to reach out. We do have some tools for you. If you're trying to get an idea of where you are, you can text the word KEYS to 501-381-5228 
to get a free download, The Six Keys to Unlocking Financial Independence. Thank you for joining us this week on Talking Sense. We hope you learned something you didn't know before. We look forward to talking to you next time. Thanks for listening to Talking Sense. And if you like what you hear, make sure and subscribe to the podcast to get all the newest episodes. The Gym Wealth team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or by calling our offices at 866-653-PLAN. That's 866-653-7526. And while we like to have fun here, we're also financial advisors and that means disclosures. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment and no strategy can assure success. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through Independent Advisor Alliance. Independent Advisor Alliance and Gemwell Financial Advisors are separate entities from LPL Financial.